All right, Jordan, we're we're recording. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, this is uh, Joe Rogan. Oh, what's up? I can actually hear you now. Yeah. Um, Jordan, you're like my crazy, interesting friend. So that's how you would describe me? Yeah. Whenever I don't, I probably tell the most stories about you out of all the people that I know, like to other people. Yeah. It was a uh, funny listen to you and your pop talk on the on the, one of your first podcasts, and uh, some of the stories referenced to me. And I think you went through the the trouble to leave my name out, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I try to on some of the, some of the on the unpopular topics that you covered. Keep it keep it anonymous when it's necessary. Yeah, you did drop some other names though, which was pretty funny. <laughs> you told the story about Shawnee and who else? Some other peeps. Oh, can I can I talk about the um, old clip I found of you online. Please do, man. Yeah. Did you ever, you said you sent an email to the, to the guy who ran, who runs like the podcast now and requested. Yeah. You. Yeah. So I found a, I found it. I used to be into love line. I used to listen to old clips of love line on YouTube. Um, <laughs> it was probably 10, 10, nine, eight years ago. And I found a recording of Jordan. Well, I, I don't know who it was, actually. I was just listening, and it was, like, some teenager from Minnesota. Um, I think he might have played hockey, and he sounded like Jordan, but this was before I knew you. So your voice was, like, prepubescent, and I was like, God, oh. his, voice, his voice sounds so familiar, but it's I – I didn't want to be like, hey, dude, is this you? Send you a link and just – be wrong and then i heard you reference uh you were pretending to yeah you were pretending to be one of your friends at the time tj who was on your hockey team Uh, and then and then uh brooks who was there was pretending to be tj who was also on the hockey team i was like oh my god that matches perfectly like but i still didn't think it was you i was like there's the chances of it still being them is so slim I, I was, I've sent that clip around before people always enjoy it when they listen to it. And I tried to retrieve it, uh, last month and send it into the Adam Carolla show to see if they would have you on Uh, to talk about that clip. So that's the dude's Um, name from Loveline was Adam Carolla. Adam Carolla was the host. And I, I messaged a few people on like, I messaged Jamie um the the link to the video i said hey can you listen to this and tell me if you think this is jordan and i went back in our our message history and i sent it to her in 2012 that's how old that's how old it is eight years ago yeah yeah dude i can't believe you i can't believe you could tell it was me too because with you with you saying that i was pre-pubescent i said that i was a couple years older than i was in the scene or I think I said that I was 14 when I was actually 12 or something. And so I was trying to, u- I was trying to use like a deeper voice. So I was like, yeah. And then when Brooksy was yeah. talking too, he was quiet by nature. And then him being quiet and then trying to put in a masculine voice, it, it sounded like a bunch of goofballs. He was definitely doing the fake, fake deep voice. And yeah, you Joe. could tell. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I did message the show. I didn't hear back from them yet. Huh. I don't. I don't think I will unless I I follow up again. 
he played that pretty funny too with uh with him saying that yeah the manager doesn't want uh doesn't let me have people on unless they wait about about an hour or so so when you go on just just tell them that you waited for about an hour all right tony and then uh yeah I don't, you're I've like... only been waiting for like 30 minutes and then he says <laughs> and then he asks how long did you wait he's like oh i'm about an hour he's like oh about an hour huh <laughs> it's just it's funny me, like straight straight in the pie and then just i would have looking at I would have bailed at that age. I I'm kind of impressed that you sort of like kept that lie going, even though it's it was like, it was pretty decent morals too. He's like, yeah, so you've been on an hour. I was like, um, yeah, pretty close. And so you could tell, like <laughs> you didn't want to say yeah an hour, but I was I was just kind of like kind of black line or whatever white line at. Yeah. Oh, I I I enjoy that every time I I I try to share with people. Hey, listen to this, and it's hard because it's like. 11 or 16 minutes to get someone to pay attention to it, but it's kind of worth the, the payoff is kind of worth it. Huh? So yeah, dude, about your podcast, am I the third person that's been on here? Or how many people have you done so far? I've published two. I recorded huh. one with Layla. That was like 20 minutes. Huh. And I recorded one with my wife last month. Um, that was, I don't know, an hour and a half. I haven't uh-huh. put that one out there yet. It got Dude, interrupted uh, a couple times because the baby kept waking up, and uh, I just, and I've been really bad about editing it together and putting it out there. How cool would that be for reference after a few years when Layla's Layla's going through like high school or when she graduates and she gets to listen to her her younger voice and what she was thinking? And did you ask her like questions in? Yeah, that was kind of my idea, and hopefully I'll I'll keep doing it as she gets older. Yeah, that's that's cool. That'll be fun to look back. I was I was really hoping it was going to be really meaningful. Uh-huh. Like I'd ask her some questions and she'd put some real insight into her life or what's going on right now. But yeah. it was it was sort of like surface level. Uh-huh. Um, I I heard from someone. I got a really good question to ask. Like what what can I do? What do you think I can do to be a better father? Uh-huh. What did you she, know, I think did that's you a ask pretty. Then? I did. What did she say? Um. If I remember right, she just said nothing. It's kind of I was kind of bummed out by that, uh, honestly. Hey, it says you're being a good popson, huh? Maybe. Yeah, man, it's been it's been I'm always looking to improve. It's pretty cool. We were just chatting, and uh, it was kind of cool hearing you talk about your your daddy routine at nighttime. Yeah, at seven o'clock, you start the the whole routine and then by eight you got the books coming out and you're in a full dad mode it sounds like with Blake and Layla yeah I'm in I'm in full dad mode and and having one kid is a lot different than having two kids especially with a big age difference yeah. uh, Blake just turned one Layla is six and a half so I mean if if he went to bed at seven seven thirty and my wife just took care of bedtime it would still give me lots of time at the end of the night to do some stuff, but it's an extra hour with her at bedtime. And then by the time I'm done with her, I'm just tired because I've been, I, I'll lay down with her to make sure she falls uh, asleep and doesn't come out of the room. And then you're just in a, a tired mode. So you don't really want to do much and it's total dad life. And I, I think it's great, but it's also like you miss a lot of what you had before. Mm-hmm. Freedom. And I sort of look forward to when the kids are older 
and you can do more stuff. But I definitely know that you're going to miss like the babies and the, and the little kids because Blake is, he's really fun and he's really sweet. And I just love his personality and seeing him explore and run around and just be curious and adventurous about everything. It's really fun to watch him right now. Yeah. That's awesome. I'll try to give you some advice that I've, I've seen through my brother. Um, at all, all the time, he's always looking forward to like the next step. He's always like, "Oh, when, once I walk, it'll be a lot, a lot, uh, a lot easier to whatever." Like he's always looking for like the next milestone. And it's kind of hard to tell my my older brother to like, "Hey, enjoy the moment now," because it's always going to be like the next milestone that you're looking forward to. But it seems like always kind of like, "Oh, once once he can walk, or once he can um, go to the bathroom by himself, or brush his teeth by himself, or." Yeah, I think that's I guess, a real struggle. A, uh, it, it's a real human struggle, though, because that's what we do is we look we yeah, look to the sure. future. There's not a lot of people that do say that they're content with, with what they are. It seems like the more kind of dopamine-driven people want to kind of do more and progress, and I guess looking into the future is a big component of that, huh? Yeah, I mean, if you weren't the type of – if you didn't have the type of personality or genetics that look to the future, uh, you'd – you didn't survive. You didn't. Uh-huh. You didn't plan for the future, so things didn't go well. Um, uh-huh. It's a real conundrum. Um, we just we just moved him into his own bedroom two nights ago. Jessica oh, yeah. still sleeps like with him, but she moved to his bedroom and sleeps on the mattress on the floor with him. So uh-huh. it's been it's been me alone in in our bed the last two oh, nights, yeah. um, and. It's not really that bittersweet. I don't know. It's kind of, I, I enjoy it because he's not sli- he has not slept well through the night, and um, I'm really looking forward to my wife getting better sleep because yeah, he wakes up at least every hour, and she's just not oh, wow. been ha- not been happy with that. Um, it was it was very sweet to have him in the bed next to you all the time oh. and see him. He sort of lost that sweetness. Um, the last couple months, he's just getting big. He's just getting bigger, and mm. they're very sweet when they're when they're young. So the three of you are all sleep in the same bed, or how did that yeah. work? Yep. Yeah, which is not uncommon, hmm. according to the the parents that we hang out with around here. I've got a friend yeah. who's who still sleeps with his four year old and two year old, so the whole family yeah. sleeps in the bed. Well, I mean, thinking about evolutionally up until, I don't know how many years, 20, 30, 50 years, people didn't have an extra bedroom with an extra crib and all that stuff to whatever, isolate the baby, how they do now. is that That's how they do it, isn't it? Using a different room. Well, I feel like the the last maybe two or three generations, they started putting babies in a different room, uh-huh. but... um there's been sort of a movement more in the last decade to bring you, you bring the baby back into the parents' room. Um, yeah. Like suffocation is a big concern. So you want to keep uh-huh. an eye on the baby. They uh-huh. should be in your bedroom for the first six months at least, uh-huh. but not necessarily with you. And if they're in the bed with you, it's, a, it is dangerous because you can roll over on the baby. Yeah. I could see that. Huh? Yeah. I'm sure there's different, different research for different types of whatever 
upbringing or parenting or how to do different things. I thought there would, I don't know. I thought when I was going to be a parent, I'd do a bunch of research and read a bunch of books and I'd have it down. And I, I did some of that years ago, uh, but I didn't find the information that I was looking for mm-hmm. really. Like I, it just wasn't there. Uh, it was really interesting when you go to the, the hospital and you have the baby and then it's like, you're there for two days and then it's time to go home. And uh-huh. you're used to you're used to getting instructions with everything uh-huh. that you get in life. Uh-huh. There's no instructions with the baby. They don't give you uh-huh. a way to raise it. Uh-huh. It's up to you. Was that I was kind of like a, a shock for you, or just kind of like a awakening? Like, oh wow, this is this is Blake, and this is my wife and me, and here we go home. I think I was prepared for it, but I was sort of aware of the situation and. Uh-huh. How how so many people could not be ready for that? Uh-huh. Like I felt like I had done my my research. Um, yeah, I've been looking at at parenting for reading and under and listening to parenting philosophy for years before it became one. Mm-hmm. So I felt pretty par- prepared, and as well as my wife, who already had a child, yeah. I felt good. But yeah, yeah. If if you hadn't, it'd be like, whoa, there's there's a lot going on here. Oh, that's that's pretty cool that you've been through that. I think I'll if I get the opportunity to have kids, uh, it'll be uh, fun consulting you and asking you for advice and kind of hearing the experience that you've been through. You, you know, you stones. do. Yeah, you do a lot of reflecting on your own childhood uh-huh. while you're a parent. And your own experiences. And that's that's sort of your default, even even if you think it's not, that's sort of your reaction to a lot of things that happen. Uh, you do sure. what your your parents did. <laughs> that's funny. I've I've thought that too, with uh whether it's working at in for some kind of games and playing with the kids, I realize like, wow, this is a way that my dad played with me or my kids or my uh, brothers played with me growing up. It's like kind of the same. So, yeah, I, I know what you mean by kind of that's your, the lens that you see. I, I, yeah. I, I kind there. of find myself like saying no to things that my dad or my parents said no to when I was a kid. And mm. then I start questioning myself. I was, I'm like, well, what's the reason that they can't be on the couch or that they can't be on that counter or, you know, like I, I try, I try to give myself a reason if I'm going to make a rule about something. And if all I can uh, think of is, well, this is the way it was when I was a kid. Then I, then I back off of it. Like, cause it can be uh, overbearing or, or unfair. Uh, So what do you see? What do you see when you see your friends having kids and what's going on with them? It's awesome, man. It's, I mean, such a a big step. I think we goofed around so much growing up as kids and high school and after that, I mean, knowing that having a kid is like the next step in adulthood and the maturity level that, that comes with that or that should come with it. It's pretty cool seeing 
my friends take that step and all the responsibilities that come come along with that. So I mean, I I look up to you guys a lot, my friends and and family that do have kids. It's pretty cool. I respect you guys and kind of look look to you guys as an example. As I want to have kids myself, so I'm 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 surprised how many and how well so many of my peers took on parenting. Like when we were mm. when we were youthful, it didn't seem like that was a subject that was talked about. It was when we were growing up, it was always about being cool and parents were never, mm. never cool. So that was far from the target. It, mm. it, it was, and it was never in anyone's trajectory as far as I was aware of. What are your, what are your thoughts mm. on that? Well, as far as like what we looked forward to or what we, uh, how we planned on parenting. Like, did, do you think that people, well, if you look at the cycle of life, it's like basically every child becomes a parent someday. Where mm. was that going on? I, I didn't think that that was going to happen. Like, that's not what we were talking about. That's not the values of our, of our youth was growing up to be a parent. No, I think we were more in the moment and just kind of looking for the next, looking for the next thrill. Saying that sounds like it sounds like we were kind of druggies. It's not not that that's what we were, but I think we were just kind of young and dumb and putzed around a lot and kind of saved the more mat- maturing and growing into adulthood for I think maybe once once the the child actually came or I don't know how was that for you? Do you feel like when you had a kid like there was kind of a a switch that flick like you saw your own child that you created and that kind of like wow I got to be a little bit more responsible I don't know with work or around the house or no I, as far as the or what how does that how was that for you I always felt like an old soul I always felt like I wanted to be a dad I I like my dad I wanted to be like my dad um, I was uh, always sort of thinking like a dad so uh, for me it wasn't that big of a of a change. Mm-hmm. I always felt like I was with all my friends. I was acting more like a dad than the rest of them. Mm-hmm. So not that big of a transition for you. Yeah, um, too before your your first. Uh... I'm. I mean, it's like it's almost like what I was, what I wanted to do. What I was, what I, mm-hmm. I felt like it was what I wanted to do, what I was meant to do. Like this is my purpose. This is where I'm where I'm going. Mm-hmm. What were you asking? Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I asked. I guess. Um, what kind of transition was it for you once once Blake was born? And then, yeah, like like you said, you had Layla too, and so kind of have had the parenting experience before having your own. Your own first baby boy, too. Yeah, but parenting... I mean, when Jess and I got married, Layla was four. And parenting Mm. parenting a four-year-old gives you some preparation for a baby, but it's very different. Yeah, I can imagine. You're you're talking about, like, behavioral parenting with a four-year-old. With a baby, Mm. you're caretaking. Yeah, survival. Yep. 
How many kids do you want to have, Marty? Are you you think you'll be done with Blake, or do you want to have more, or what are you thinking about that? No. Um. Well, this is a conversation I had with my wife before we got engaged and married. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. I told her that I'd like to have two to four of my own. Mm-hmm. Right, right now, it seems like we're going to have one more. Um, I'd still like to keep the window open for another one. She seems like she's getting tired and probably wants to close the door after one more. So yeah, I just, I just think we'll see. We'll talk about it after the next one. And I don't know. It could, we could have twins. She's got twins on her side. Um, uh, Pregnancies don't always happen when, when you want them. And the, our first one wasn't planned. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it seems funny how that works, too. You have people that have unwanted pregnancies. Not that yours was unwanted, but people that are young and have it before they're prepared to have a baby. And then people that want to have a baby and can. So you got the whole spectrum of, of that. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of people. I just heard of two friends who had the in vitro fertilization. Oh, um, yeah. It's crazy that people have to experience that. Yeah. A miracle that you still can have kids, though, even with people that wouldn't have been able to have kids however, whatever, 50 years ago that they can now. Yeah. I, my, my life as a dad, though, I'm, I didn't want to become boring and I'm so boring. <laughs> such I'm yeah. such a boring person now. I don't think I don't think you will be though. I mean, you're still kind of getting used to the whole whatever diaper thing and kind of like the caretaking. I mean, that's you can't be that that crazy hip of a caretaker. I mean, I imagine no. once Blake is running around, you'll be doing fun stuff like making forts and doing kind of fun goofy activities outside. Well, you don't have a lot of time for your own personal interests. Uh-huh. And then when you're when you're around small people, you have to really model your behavior. Mm-hmm. So the things that you say and what you do, you want you want to reflect what how how you want them to behave. And so you might like talking to your jerk off friends and making and making jokes, but that's not the things you want to say in front of them because yeah. you don't want them re- repeating that at that age. Yeah. Huh. And so you sort of lose your, your edge, your personality <laughs> of, and those aspects. I mean, when I was doing, cause I, I did comedy and that was like a muscle. Like if you don't go do stand up comedy, uh-huh. you, you get bad at it. Just like if you don't go work out, you lose your muscles. Huh. And when you're not making jokes, Mm-hmm. Like real jokes with your friends, mm-hmm. um, you're not funny anymore. <laughs> that's a good point. You, you don't, you, you're not funny. You're telling dad jokes, and that's why you get dad jokes, huh? You know, that, that's interesting that you say that too. Because living here in Japan, it's it's a lot different of a culture, and whether it's you're talking to your friends or talking to people that you don't know, and then coming back home every year for Christmas, coming like immediately getting together with you, James, Stones, and then all four of us go back out and everyone's kind of graping at each other and kind of saying funny jokes. And it's it's like, like a culture shock almost being back. 
I get used to kind of this way of communication, a way that people go about talking with each other here and then being back in the U.S. It's it's kind of like it's it is like a reverse culture shock. Like, wow, this is we can uh, put each other down this much and all laugh about it. It's, it's kind of funny. Well, I, I feel like the culture has changed here so much in the last 10, 10, 15 years, too. Like the way we used to joke with each other is not acceptable anymore. Yeah, for sure. I uh, I know what you mean. Look, sometimes the old messages will pop up or um, looking back like on an old message chat with somebody and then seeing like some of the stuff that I said, it was was embarrassing. Like, wow, how did I have that low of morals to say <laughs> degrading everything? Well, it's because the standards change, the ethics change. And I and I sort of miss it and I sort of think that we're not forgiving forgiving enough and accepting of the past mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. I think we're too we're too judgmental. You're judging you're judging history by today's standards. Uh-huh. And and no one's going to hold up to that. Everyone's going to fall short somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool to know that it feels like I'm progressing morally, though, as a person. I hope to think that I am and continue to keep on doing that. How do you how do you think you're progressing as a person? Well, I mean, for example, like the last example that I said about talking with some of the chats that I said with, with friends and just saying stupid stuff, like putting down groups like, oh, that was gay or saying stuff like that. And then just like looking back and I'm like, why, why would I say stuff like that? Just like without even thinking, just saying, I don't know, stuff that I heard people say, and then just copying that for whatever reason without even thinking about why I was saying it. And then just being more reflective now and be like, why did I say stuff like that? It kind of makes you think that I have progressed. Well, why do you you think we said stuff like that? Because other people said it. I mean, I don't know. I think that's hearing other people say it, people that I might have looked up to or people that were older than me, hearing that and be like, oh, I guess... This is how you put down somebody or this is how you, uh, this is the kind of situation, this is what you say in that situation. And then I just guess just following that without even thinking twice about what it actually meant. For sure. That's, that's sort of how I felt with jocks or the hockey group in general. Uh-huh. It was like, I, I thought they were sort of a mean group of guys mm-hmm. compared to the general pop. Mm-hmm. Um, some more later thinking I've had in life, I think it's because of the environment that you have Mm -hmm. in hockey where you have a locker room where you get 15 boys without supervision (laughs) where it's like, if you, if you played Uh, soccer, you don't, you don't get that type of environment where there's 30 minutes of guys throwing shit at each other and ribbon on each other and a couple guys punching the other guys like dude i got a, fu- a funny side story so the company that i just entered the the tv production company i i passed all my hard drive information to them because i have a whole bunch of saved throughout the years of when i was in japan and back in the states and i said just yeah whatever you want to use this feel free to use it and so one of my folders was old stuff that i had from back in high school and it was old stuff taking around, like goofing off with friends. And there was some uh, hockey album in there too. And I remember one of the albums was Locker Boxing. 
And uh, <laughs> it wasn't just locker boxing, but it was two dudes. It was Adam Cook and Jake, Jake Morgan, locker boxing naked. And so they had, I was sitting up in the corner, sitting up in the corner with my camera, like up on the corner on that top shelf or just kind of up, up kind of elevated. And so you can see yeah. both of them naked, right? Right there. And they're wearing helmets and gloves. And yeah. other than that, they're naked. And then uh, Tyler Vinny's standing in front of the door. So the coach, the coaches can't come in if they do. He's standing in front. He's blocking it. And uh, I, I, I realized that after I, I left all the data on the computer, I'm like, wow, if, if my coworkers find this, they're going to realize how goofed up of, a, of an upbringing that I had. Two, two dudes naked <laughs> locker boxing. <laughs> and, and the stuff that people are saying, too. Well, was so bad. Yeah, fuck him up. Fuck him up. Hit him. <laughs> he falls and like, hit him again. Hit him. And then other people are like, no, no, no. So just, I, just, I wish we would have took more videos of that just to see how stupid we are. To look up, look back on that, it would be funny to laugh and. Yeah, I did. You ever hear stories about your dad and stuff like that when they were younger? And think, how the hell do people do that? No, stuff? not really. Not really. Oh, um, I mean, I heard stories about my dad in the neighborhood. Like, kids would steal bikes and beat up each other. Um, get in fights and I'm like whoa like that would never I'm like that sounds like an awful life yeah, it's, it's even more rugged like terrible like yeah they got in a fist fight they got punched a few times in the face or and the, that guy and yeah it was funny I remember you were talking about with your dad on that didn't you he had a conversation with that like you yeah it's talking about yeah, bar like, what would happen like you would punch and then you'd be done or because <laughs> I, I thought when I would grow up I had like well I'm gonna go to the bar. I gotta get ready to get in a fight. It's gonna happen. You want to? <laughs> you want to get a girl? You gotta go fight I'm a happy guy. That we've, uh, we've. It seems like we've stepped beyond that level as a society. There's not many. Oh, not, probably. I don't. Know, I wonder if that's changed at all. Oh, for sure. It's you for sure so? it has. Yeah, I don't picture anyone that know getting oh, in my a bar God, fight. Yeah. Unless you're stronger. It's definitely uh, helped the. The guys who are less physically uh, yeah. <laughs> gifted and more in, more intellectually gifted, so it's turned out better yeah. for me. Yeah, and a more it would have been different in a more primitive society, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and that's how you can see the arc of uh, progress in just mm-hmm. fifty years. Less bar fights. <laughs> Huh. What kind of stuff could we talk about, Mark, that would be interesting for us to look back a year, five years from now, that we're talking about now? Like, maybe a, a, maybe I should ask you a question. It'd be fun to look back on. Shoot. Um, I don't know. It's kind of coming off the top of my head. Um, let's see. So where do you think you're going to be in five years from now? That's a tough question, man. I'm 30 right now. I have, of course, in five years. I would like to be married. I would like Hold to. Hold on. Hold on. Let uh, me do the math. Yeah. Thanks for giving me the math time. Is okay. that right? Did I get it right? All right. There you go. 35. Yep. The calculator, the graphing calculator, spit, spit that out for you. I was counting that on my fingers. Right. Go ahead. Um, yeah, dude. I want to be married. How to. Um, 
35, I'd like to be working for kids. Um, it's tough to say where I'm going to be physically, if I'm going to be splitting time between U- U.S. and Minnesota and back here in Japan or kind of doing the same gig that I'm doing now with most of the time here and then coming back for the holidays or even being back in Minnesota full-time and then being in Japan just for the holidays. Um, as far as yeah, being in a relationship, I'd like to be married. I think I would like to be married in five years. Huh. You're gonna you're gonna find a wife who's gonna let you move between Japan and Minnesota half time? Um, probably not. I guess that's what's that's what's in South Me and I guess the financial stability to to pull a wife, you know. I think um a partner, a lifelong partner would is probably looking for a little bit of stability, not only financially, but like you said, uh physically too, being in one spot and knowing where they can raise kids and how they will and the confidence there. Yeah, if she, if she wants kids, you you definitely can't have these mm-hmm. half lives. Wow, that's a that's a goofy way to look at it, but kind of a new perspective. Half lives. Well, I, I just meant halfway, half uh, the time, one location, no, no, half time, the other location. I, I didn't take that as a didn't take personally, but it feels like I mean I'm spending about eleven months here in Japan now, and then just a month back home every year. Yeah, it's it's kind of taking a toll on me, man. I mean, I miss I miss breaking up, man. Can't hear you. Can't hear you, Jordan. Can you hear me? Jordan. Hello. Hey, what's up? Sorry, I don't know what happened. Are you walking away from the coffee shop? No, I was just I was just chilling, but uh I was just chilling, but I don't know, maybe the service just got bad. We were just getting into the meaty stuff too. Talking about five years from now and and yeah, I don't know where you lost me. I was kinda of going along with half half life. We're talking about half life. Oh yeah. So tell me about that. Um, guess, what was that? Yeah, just about not being decided where I'm going to be living in the next five years, how I'm going to be split in life or what kind of lifestyle I'll be living, whether it's going to be in Japan still main, mainly and then coming back for the holidays or how, just how I'm going to be split in time with, with that, I guess. That'll be decided on what kind of work work lifestyle I'm doing too. Why do you want to get married? Why do I want to? Yeah. I want to have kids and I mean, I don't want to, I feel like I'm missing companionship that, that as I get older, it might be tough to find. I mean, if I wait till I'm 40, 45, it might be tougher to find a, find a life companion that I'll be able to have kids with and have the lifestyle that I want, the way that I want to grow old. I mean. Um, say so yeah, I look into the future and working towards my goals. And if my goals are to have kids, I think I have a better shot now of being a young buck and, uh, want rather than being older. It seems like as you get, I don't know, in the forties, it might be tougher to find a, 
find a mate. Wouldn't well, you agree? Well, I think women, I mean, I think men reach their peak attractiveness to women in their late 30s, early 40s, uh, because men and uh-huh. women seek different things in each other. Uh-huh. And uh, men typically look for fertility, and women look mm. for resources. And older men mm. are generally more stable, and they earn higher amount so they they are more attractive oh that's funny what did you you read that somewhere or kind of just research that you you heard i mean it's sort of a biological theory yeah it it makes sense i mean when you when you say it it makes total sense it's kind of funny how you you pulled that out so eloquently it's like you heard about it before reflected on oh definitely definitely heard about it before well it's like you can, you can, I'll, I'll give you a really good example. Like say when you're like 16 in high school and you're mm-hmm. basically dating other 16 year olds, maybe you're dating a 15 year old, mm-hmm. right? But what, what mm-hmm. happens, uh-huh. what happens when you turn, when you're 19? Are you dating 19 year old girls? Oh my! I guess it depends who you are. Nine, there's people that are dating nineteen-year-olds. There's people that are dating fifteen-year-olds. There's people that are possibly even dating thirty-year-olds. Yeah, but if you're like a, a hot shot on campus, you can date an, a nineteen-year-old. But the nineteen-year-old girls are dating older men. Uh huh. It's those it's those young women that are most sought after, but they're looking for older men. Uh huh. You didn't feel like you didn't feel like the dating pool, like the the dating pool dried up around the time when you graduated high school. Um, huh. I guess I wasn't actively searching for a girlfriend, but I guess upon reflection, it did seem like some of the girls that I don't know if I'd say I had my eye on, but some of the girls that I knew were dating older men, compared to the. The dudes that I knew, I don't know too many dudes that were dating like 25, 26 year old women. Okay. You know. But so, and so you can have kids, I mean, you can reproduce into your maybe 60s. Wow. Yeah. Women. They hit menopause and they can't do that, so they have a mm-hmm. they have a shorter fertility life, a shorter fertility mm-hmm. window, so mm-hmm. that changes the, I don't know, the mating dynamics. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, as much as possible too. I want to be a young and active and healthy pops too. Definitely, and then you, I th- I think raising kids. There's a lot of pleasure um and joy and pride that comes from that and then also Mm -hmm. seeing your grandkids like that's Mm -hmm. right now when you're in parent mode you're in work mode like you're doing Mm -hmm. it's it's a 13 hour day and Mm -hmm. then when you become the grandparents it's kick back and have fun but you want to you want to be around for that Mm mm-hmm 
you were talking about your older brother earlier about uh, how how old are his kids? They are now. I think going to be six. Twins. Yeah. And then your other brother's got kids too. Um. Yes. Elise just turned seven, and then Monroe. Old is she now? Eleven. Sad that I don't know the their ages that well. But yeah, they both had Tave and Drew both had kids pretty relatively relatively young. I think I mean Tave was thirty thirty four or five. That's not young. Yeah, but it's it's not too late. I mean, I'm already working my way. I think it'd be I'd be surprised if I do have kids by by 35 I guess comparing it to to age 40 or so that's if you don't have any already um yeah nothing uh nothing too decided yet or I haven't been accountable for previous you know encounters as you're of not, lately you're not going on mori japanese mori anytime soon no, I haven't seen you, that. You are the Faja. <laughs> I... Okay. Yeah, it's funny. Even even talking like this with the podcast, it makes me think a little bit more. I don't uh, usually... I mean, sometimes we'll have conversations like this, but I guess knowing that uh, either you or me will be referencing this in, in a year or two, it's. I kind of want to say good answers for myself so I don't sound like a moron, but... Yeah, that's true. Um I get it. But uh, I guess it's kind of forcing me to think a little bit deeper. Like, how, how will I want to look back on this? It's making me use my futuristic mind rather than saying just kind of stupid, funny stuff that I, that I think will be funny between us right now that I'll get a laugh out of you and me. Yeah, and other people are going to be listening to this too, so you got to think about what they might think. Um, how many people listen to yours? Have you, like, do you send it to people and say, hey, I got another podcast done, or... Um, the first one had 50 or so views. The second uh, one had like 11 plays uh, last time I checked. Uh, it was funny when you were talking to your boss, I was, I was getting some laughs out of that. Just, that's a funny dynamic. You know, it is. And I was really, um, I, I was really elated that he accepted to come over and, and talk uh, to me. Um, I was surprised it didn't, uh, didn't get more listens online but i know my audio quality had some issues sorry you're gonna say something no 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 i don't mean to interrupt what you're saying but it just seems it seems like a good excuse to talk to somebody on a different level than you have i mean with you talking with your dad just bringing the formality of hey this is a podcast just knowing that what you're saying is recorded and other people may listen to it and it will be able to look back on that kind of just brings a, a formality to it that you might have not had i mean that's the way that i would say like if i were to ask my mom or my brothers hey let's have a podcast chat would that be incredibly went, fascinating to listen to your mom have a conversation 30 years ago? Absolutely, dude. I love it. That's I mean, I mean, that's why I was so intrigued when you told me that you're starting a podcast. I mean, I thought that was awesome. I was like, dude, I want to do that too. I want to capture our feelings and emotions now and be able to listen to that. And then if we want to share that with our kids in the, in the future, our friends, or I mean, it's awesome. I love it. I love that you're doing it. Yeah. So you messaged me and said there's something you wanted to capture. Um, 
Yeah, well, it wasn't really saying anything specific, was I? No, you didn't say anything specific. No, I mean, I just appreciate that you go through the work to to preserve these memories in, in this, this moment in our life. Yeah. Well, I did a lot of learning or I feel like self-development in my 20s, and I was really proud of what I feel like I accomplished or learned about myself, learned about the world. And I'm like, uh, man, I want to preserve this. I want to pass it on to my kids. Um, I wish I had started a journal. I didn't do that. It's like, oh, uh, maybe I'll have this. I'll have this podcast idea, so they can go listen to it. Um, I, I started that kind of late too, and my thoughts have changed, and I was disappointed about it because the things that I thought a couple years ago, I don't think anymore, and I've forgotten. I can't even recall it anymore. Uh-huh. I'm having that that problem more and more, where I thought that I would remember something, or that I I. Like I like, hey, I could remember being seven, and then learning something at twenty-seven. I could say something that would help my seven-year-old self or uh-huh. another seven-year-old, but that's not the case anymore. I've forgotten what that was like to be seven, or uh-huh. what that was to help that seven-year-old. And so uh-huh. I'm like, man, I gotta put that down. I gotta capture these <laughs> thoughts so that they're they're there. Yeah, it seems just the rawness of hearing us speak. You can almost, you can. Even the, beyond what we're speaking, you can catch the feelings too, which is really cool. I, mean, I hope that I don't think that you can catch in in just a journal or or whatever if you're writing a blog or whatever. So it'll be cool to kind of hear the voice and the emotions, and... or even a phone a phone conversation because it seems like with the podcast you do have to keep it you have to keep it sort of entertaining but tight so that people listen and you have yeah. to be connected connected to the people you're talking to it won't be interesting otherwise so yeah and i guess personally uh, looking at it more of a kind of a self a self-pleasure way to record a conversation between you and me rather than other people listening i mean i don't really know even who would be listening besides kind of our, our close friends i mean it'd be kind of funny having some of our friends listen to it and getting a kick out of it but I think it'd be pretty that, pretty dull for people that don't know us and, and didn't grow up with us. That's yeah, I know, but that's the thing is you just don't know. You don't know who's gonna listen to it. Mm-hmm. I'd like to. I don't know. I sort of think about transitioning the the subject of my podcast to just dad talk, uh-huh. talking to talking to other dads about parenting and life. I uh-huh. think there'd be a big a big market for that. Um. And there's a lot of different experiences in parenting or fatherhood Mm -hmm. and not, not a lot of avenues for guys to communicate with each other about Mm -hmm. that. I had a, I had a friend who I did comedy with and he uh, Dave Johnson? No. Uh, he lives in Wisconsin now, and he posted on Facebook, or his wife posted that she's pregnant a couple months ago, and I, and I saw it, mm-hmm. and I sent him a text, and I said, congratulations on your wife's pregnancy. Um, I hope you're doing well. And he said, hey, thanks, man. Whatever. I listened to the podcast with you and your dad. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, oh, I haven't seen you in seven years. And 
you listen to that podcast. Interesting. That's funny. Yeah, that's cool. Did uh, how did he find it? Did do you post it on SNS or what? I posted on Facebook. Oh, did you? Okay. Yeah, I just deactivated my Facebook last week, though. Like, I'm just sort of sick of the whole conversation that goes on on Facebook. Yeah. But I've got no other way way to get it out yeah. other than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't find the the social medium social media medium very constructive. Mm. I don't like it. No man. Like, I don't That's think a long topic. I think we people, can talk about. Yeah, I don't think people change their minds very much or learn very much, like, say, in the comment section on Facebook. Uh, I see a lot of arguing, but not a lot of growing. No, I mean, social media is a, a goofy platform. I don't think our uh, our uh, brains are evolutionally set for. I mean, it's just too much, too much stimulation, too much dopamine, and two kind of small bits of it's not really the way that we were meant to interact. And I just feel like there's a lot lack and I could spend a mindless 30 minutes to an hour putzing on my phone, clicking all these buttons, reading all these comments, watching cat videos. And then at the end of just being kind of like pooped and tired and that, and not even really soaking in any, any meaningful information. I mean, I just spent the last hour. I feel worse. No, I know. I feel worse about myself. Yeah, and not even motivated too. I mean, it just kind of leads you to the next next click of the of the phone and opening up the next video, and it's just I don't I don't really feel good about myself from it, and realizing that too, but just kind of being stuck to it with uh, being reliant on using using the different forms for communication to family right now, and it'll be interesting to see where SNS has evolved in the next five years and the different avenues that people do to either limit themselves or if people are even more, more addicted than they are today. I think it's really, I think it's really challenging for people who aren't really self-disciplined or have people around them who can tell them Mm -hmm. those type of things. Mm -hmm. Like if you're, if you're young and you don't have adults around you telling you the right messages, Uh, like you, you might just go online to, an, an influencer and then you get sucked into this is what my life should be like or these are the people I need to listen to or like my life is my life is not like this therefore I'm unhappy or my life is not good when it's like I think you're you're gonna have a better life if you're not on mm. it but how do you how do you get that message across to those mm. people I think there's a lot of people chasing, chasing the online dragon. Mm, the online dragon, and they don't, they're not going to get it. No, I mean dopamine is not, it's not a, a pleasure com, it's not a happiness chemical. It's a, it's a chemical of wanting more. I mean, it's just a spike, of kind of like a feel good, and then you go back down to base level and you want it again. And the only way you get back up is just that other, the spurt of it again. And so it, it's not really, I don't think the way that we're wired to, to become happy, no matter how many, how many likes or comments, comments you get from it. Yeah. Um, I've got a six year old and I, I, I got, I stay away from the stuff. So I'm not up on like what's new. Mm -hmm. Um, so I definitely know I'm going to be like a, 
a dad that's behind on all that stuff. I'm not going to be the best at monitoring and figuring that stuff out. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jess, Jess does have an app on her phone where she gets to read Layla's messages, uh-huh. which I think is really helpful. Mm-hmm. But I'm worried. I'm worried about her. I'm worried about what goes on there today. Today she was uh, video chatting with another five or six year old boy, uh-huh. and she was watching Netflix, but she had her iPad camera on the tv so he could watch netflix uh-huh. while she was watching uh-huh. netflix <laughs> i'm like this could this could actually turn into like uh you know kids could be doing some inappropriate things uh-huh. on there at a very young uh-huh. age that i'm like oh i gotta watch out for that yeah what a different age it is for parents now with phones i mean having a phone you could do the whole spectrum of anything and then how to limit that. Can you hear can yeah. you hear me, Marts? Okay. I can hear you. <laughs> yeah, there's di- there's a difference between us uh chatting on the phone and being in person. I, I miss you, Marts. Uh dude, we all miss you. Yeah, it's kind of beat beating away at me not being home and I mean, it's fun being being where I'm at and kind of the novelty of the day to day life, but uh, it's uh, it's kind of a thing that wears on you too. And I mean, you say you say you miss us. We all say we we miss you, but we don't understand why you don't come back. Yeah, I guess I don't. I don't either. I guess I don't either, Marks. You know. You know. I don't know if I do. If I did, I... you know, you're afraid. Did, you're I afraid of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that I'm not. I mean, I don't know how I would nav- navigate about getting a job there, and I guess the uncertainty with that. What do you mean getting and... a job? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I kind of see my way of of living a life here right now that more than, I don't know, about than the fear of going back and trying to start a life back home in Minnesota. So I guess okay. it's, an easier, it's, easy, it's an easier decision to stay here where I'm at right now and kind of continue the, the lifestyle that I have. Well, would you rather live that way or would you rather have a wife in five years? Um... I don't know. I, I, it's kind of seems like two connected questions too. Because I think even if I continue to live here, I would still be able to have have a kid and a wife. So you want to have a family in Japan? That's something that I, I can't answer right now. <laughs> well, I think you're going to have to answer that question if you if you want to have a family. Uh, you're going to have to answer that question. Uh-huh. I mean, sooner or later, and I, and I think 30 is, is that time. Yeah, and I was just talking to my mom yesterday on the phone, and she, she almost just said the same words that you, are, that you did, saying you're, you're 30. Let me say a little bit differently, but I think her, uh, her kind of go-to slogan for this year for, of my life is, you're 30, Joe. 
You're 30, Joe. You're 30. I guess that's the time to start making some, some decisions. My goal, it's, my goal it's all on you to find a job that I can split time more, more, more balanced in my heart than I am now. I mean, I miss with miss missing home that much, this much here. I'm always asking myself, why, why aren't I home? And so I'm working towards being able to do that. Well, I think if you figure out why, why you're why you don't want to come home you'll you'll figure out the job job thing later hmm yeah i mean i wish i wish you could come on come see what it's like out here it's it's a different life that i'm living here man that it's can't really describe just by showing you pictures and talking to you it'd be fun it'd be fun well i bet it's beautiful and i bet it's mm. fun and i bet you feel really free i get mm. that I'm I'm guessing you don't feel connected to people. Like you don't have any close connections. Definitely compared to comparing to my roots back in Minnesota. So how do you live that That's way? That's a good question. I think I'm just hanging on a a string right. Hanging by a ledge. Isn't it lonely? Yeah, yeah it like is. That? Definitely. And living single in a house. I definitely think I'm missing the um, the deeper connections and more meaningful relationships that I think most people are kind of wired for. I mean, there's a different. Oh, I think everyone's wired. Got got the wiring. Yeah. I think something probably happened in your life that made you afraid of that. What was that? Made me something happened in my life that made me afraid of what? Being close to people. Hmm. I was sort of I was sort of on the other a little bit on the other side, like too desperate to be with people. Mm. I mean I'm I'm okay being alone. Like I'm I'm sort of a, a loner, mm. but I'm also sort of desperate to to know that I'm wanted by somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll tell you a little funny story. In sixth grade, mm-hmm. um, I hadn't had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. It was like getting to the end of the school year, and I hadn't had a girlfriend all year. And I was like, I cannot go the whole year without having a girlfriend. Uh-huh. So I asked this girl who I had no interest in being with, not attracted to her in any way, but we went to the same elementary school and I know she she would have said yes. So she said yes. And then we basically didn't do anything with each other that made us in a relationship. And then her friend broke up with me at the lunch table in sixth grade in front of all my Uh. friends. And it was really, really embarrassing. Uh. (laughs) And that's how desperate Uh. I was for to like look like I had somebody. Mm-hmm. That's funny. 
But the last girl you dated was my sister, right? Um, no. I dated a I dated one girl out here in Japan. You guys are like in a relationship, like serious, like committed. Oh yeah, you could say that. You could say that. Would she say that? Yeah. Yeah, I mean we okay. were officially boyfriend girlfriend and had most of the the kind of lifestyle that went along with that. I mean, we went on dates and uh, for the most part, we're mainly exclusive. I mean, that's why I think I kind of got caught up with my tongue there because I wasn't super exclusive with that, which I which I regret. But um, yeah, I think that was a dating relationship. You're you're sitting uh, you're sitting with how many years ago? Let's move oh, on. Oh. Let's move on. All right, well, let's, where do we, how do we, I feel like I keep, I feel like I keep talking to you about, about this and we don't get anywhere. Where do you want to go? Um, where do I want to go? Well, you said we're not getting anywhere. I mean, where, where did you I mean, get in or, or you, you mean more towards uh, I, the kind of lifestyle that I want to live? Or what's my decision with where I'm Maybe I'm or... being selfish. Maybe I'm being selfish that I, I want to see you in a relationship. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, I do too. I do too, Marts. That's funny. But... That's a, but that's a, but you haven't had a lot going on. I mean, like if you really wanted to do it, you could go. You could do it. No, and I'm, and I'm not rushing into it either. I mean, I think I've. That's the understatement of the decade. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I could get a girlfriend here and date, and it might be fun for a couple months. But I, I guess I'm a little afraid that it might lead to not. I don't know, maybe separating and then just being on the smaller island that I'm at. It's a very, very, very close-knit community. So dating somebody would just kind of leave with a lot of, not bigger worms, but, you know. I get that. That makes rumors that makes on sense. So it's kind of tough to jump into a relationship here and keep it, keep it without. That's a very mature thought. Like that's not a that's not a thought a twenty year old man would uh, have. Well, I mean, thinking long term too. If I want to stay here another year or two, or if I'm going to be split in time between here and Minnesota the rest of my life, I I can't. Okay. Uh, well, let's say, let's say you get married and you have kids in Japan. That means your family in Japan will never know your family in Minnesota. Um, I don't know that. I mean. I'd still be able to. I mean, they'd see them once a year. Yeah, a couple times a year at most. Well, maybe once a year, dude. It costs money to yeah. get back here. Yeah, it does, and time, and that's not a that's, uh, free time is not something that comes by easy here in Japan. <laughs> we haven't even had a family vacation the last year. Like, no, it don't it don't happen. Uh, 
Huh. Maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want your family to meet your family in Minnesota. <laughs> no, I, I don't. Definitely don't have those feelings. Oh, okay. So you want to have a family in Minnesota? Um. Yeah, I do. I do. I do. If it's kids, I, I, I feel, I feel like it'd be more rewarding to raise them in Minnesota. I can, I can say that. Uh, yeah, I can say that confidently. Okay. So you're gonna have to be here if you want yeah. that to happen. When it comes to kids, yeah. With it being the wife before the kid, then I think there's a little bit more flexibility if she's willing to be flexible as well, too. Yeah, but that's got to be... You're, you're talking about getting the wife in Japan and then bringing her to Minnesota? Um, I don't know if that would be the way it, it's kind of that simple cut, but if it's going to be split in time with me working here, I don't know, maybe nine months out of the year and then being able to be home three months back home. I guess it's trying to figure out a job a job that's gonna support the lifestyle that I wanna live. You can't be a dad three months of the year. No, I know that's what I'm saying. With kids it'd be different for with kids it's a different story. It's, you don't have the flexibility of doing that. I wonder what this would be like. Sound like you're by the water. Right right above the ocean here. Sounds real nice. It does, man. It's the the inland sea of Japan, so there's not many waves. There's the reason why there's little waves coming in now is because boats are kind of gently floating through. You know, bring the waves once in a while, but it's pretty flat. It looks more like a lake than it does an ocean actually. Seems like that island is you can be pretty self-sustainable. I mean, you don't need air conditioning or a heater, and you got food that grows on the, no, the island. No, seriously, yeah. It's a small little island, and you got wild pigs that you can catch. You can get bamboo shoots in certain seasons. And I started a, a farm, not a farm, but I started a little garden with tomatoes, sweet potatoes, cucumbers, a whole bunch of stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that. And then I'm working on the chicken coop today, too. So working towards self-proficiency. Which is really fun. I mean, just starting, what? just starting, it kind of made me take off. I mean, never really doing a garden until now, buying one tomato plant, and now I got over ten, and just keep wanting to branch out into different different kind of vegetables. I wish I had more time for my garden and my projects here. You're just too busy with work, or what? Working the kids. Yep, working the kids. I had a lot more time when there was one child oh. here. Um, and then Layla can definitely be helpful on a lot of projects. Um, but actually, I started to take Blake on the lawnmower. Oh, yeah. So at least I can, at least I can hold him while we're cutting the grass. <laughs> that sounds fun. We got a the gravel pit yeah. behind her house. And I 
Jess, Jess used to watch another baby before Blake was born, and he used to love the tractors that were working mm-hmm. back there. And so I started pointing those yeah. out to Blake, you know, tractors and trucks, those and little, he loves that stuff. So there's a job for me in the, in the construction business. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's really cool that that's right behind her house. And we just went over to the gravel pit last week and there was a girl. Well, actually there's a couple people looking for agates. There's always people looking for agates oh, in yeah. there. And there was a girl, girl that we met that lives basically on the property on like a, a mobile home or, you know, like a double wide trailer. They drop them off and they're, not like trailer park, but they're you can yeah. move the houses. So we met at a girl who lives in that house, so that's been a new friend for Layla and then really nice egg agate hunters that we've had there. They're really can nice. Can you find people. big eggs so there? I just Yeah, you can. And they've got they've got like different piles of sized rocks and the people who own that property um, are very generous with letting people go look in their oh, rock cool. piles. So we really, we just enjoy our neighborhood. And ever since winter's been done, winter yeah. sucks here. Yeah. Hate winter. But getting past it right now is, uh, is gorgeous. Just love, loving, loving all the greenery, all the birds, all the, mm-hmm. the wildlife. We got we got turkeys, pheasants, uh, <laughs> and like bald eagles, cranes. Um, we saw. Did I tell you that we saw a black bear? No, no. Uh, last week, like three miles from our house, wow, across the road. Yeah, it's kind of getting kind of wild, wild out here. Yeah, snakes too. We went over to my sister's place on Monday and planted a, like seventy pine trees Holy with her. Boy, really? Yeah, my parents have a above ground pool at their property, which is right next to my sister's house. So we're just spending a lot of time outside and over there, and. We're all we, we That's love cool. it. How close are they then? Are they, are they on the same property or no? My sister and her parents yeah. are. Our parents are, yeah. Um, and then my parents, they have a twenty-seven and a half acres now. They split off two and a half for yeah. my sister, and they got a river on their property, and we found like this little sandbar that oh, we cool. like to hang out at now. So it's it's shaded and it's got sandy beach. And we have a little um, spot for a fire. Dude, that's, we've just that been going awesome. out there with family, friends, and yeah, kids. Kids love it. Kids can go play in the sand and play um, in the mud and play in the water. And parents parents drink and uh, hang really out with cool. each other. Send me a, send me a picture if you remember next time you guys are there hanging out. Yeah, I will. You have no uh, no plans to move move on to the commune with your fam. No, I don't think we're going to move from our house for another 30 years. I'll probably move. We'll probably move to my parents' house when, when they die. Yeah. 
<laughs> you said that like too casually. Yeah, we've talked about it quite a bit. <laughs> huh. It gets lonely. You're lonely yeah, when you're I'm old. Yeah, sure. sure. Especially now too, without even being able to go out that much. And if we're if we're right by my sister and her husband, it'll be like, oh, just two old couples hanging out. Otherwise, old people old people are lonely. How often does your mom get visitors? Um, not very often. Not as often as it would be uh, helpful to her. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wanted to show my mom on here too, but it doesn't look like anytime soon she'll be coming out. Oh, because of the travel restrictions? Yeah, and just uh, her unwillingness to come out. I think it would have to take a big a big event for me to yeah. get my mom out here, whether it's getting married or, I don't know, burying, burying me from like, an accidental death or something. Yeah, you're yeah. in prison. I don't, I, she probably would just leave me if I was in prison. Seriously, <laughs> it's, not even, it's not an exaggeration. Well, God got you. Uh, you, you could try, try to fool her. No, I know. I, but it, I don't want to put her through that much trouble. I wouldn't say that I was in prison, but I, I wonder if I could come up with. I mean, I think the nicest thing would to say is that I'm getting married. We're having the wedding. You gotta come out for it. I can hear a lot of wind. There's a lot of wind. Sorry, going I'll try to block it as much as possible. What What are we looking at? Time? Is it getting kind of getting long? Getting married. Forty minutes, and we have the other 20, 30 minutes from the last. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So we're probably about an hour okay. or fifteen now. What are you kind of looking at? Uh, cap it for, at a certain time, or what? I'm looking at going what to bed soon. It there? It's almost it's a ten thirty, ten forty. Yep. All right. Well, should we close off our uh, our first recorded chat here then? Yeah, let's wrap it up. We'll have you back on. <laughs> well, thanks again. This is uh, Jordan Langan with Cash App, and uh, thank you for your time. And yeah, th- thanks again for for thanks for taking use, the time. Use a us. use a promo code. Yeah, to save. Save ten percent. Promo off. code uh, Jordan and did you, did you hear Rogan got a hundred right. million dollar deal? Hundred million dollars. Yeah. yeah, good for him. That's impressive. Well, God, he is so. He makes he's been mm. he's made a lot of money, and yeah, do you do. listen to his the, podcast? Just the ones that I'm interested in. I mean. He's sort of liberal, um, uh-huh. socialist. Like he kind of likes the he likes the universal mm. basic income sort of deal, and he he's like you know he never says the wealthy need to pay their fair share, but he's more of like a share uh-huh. the pot type of guy. But when it when it comes to his own stuff, I've never I've never seen him like he's never. He's never talked about how much money he makes, how much money he uh, made from Fear Factor, um, any uh, charities he's doing. Um, so I sort of find it, I find it amusing, in that sense, 
um, that like he's already he's already got a net worth mm-hmm. of twenty five million, and then he's got to go sign this other deal. But he's a go getter. I get it. He just he he gets it done. He works out all the time. He's got five different jobs, and and good for him. He's leaving. He's leaving YouTube, which YouTube has become a huge sensory mm-hmm. platform. So I I get it. Um, I wish him well. I I I started the Spotify uh, subscription the day right. after I heard that. Yeah, and I'm enjoying the music too. Well, they're they're getting their advertising then. It worked. Hopefully. Well, Marts, it was nice chatting, and uh, let's keep in touch. Let's try to have a chat with the gentleman here. Uh, four-way chat. If we can round up, round up the guys. All right. I like we'll to get that going. do a better job of keeping in touch. Get back to Minnesota, right. and you will. Uh, the good, th- the good thing right. is I'm getting chickens this week, so have- worst-case scenario, if I decide to come back, which... Which I could, I can just uh, have uh, do a little chicken barbecue and then come home. You know, compare. Yeah, you'll manage. Huh? You'll you'll find you'll find a good yeah. one for those chickens. It might be my stomach, but uh, it'll get taken care of. All, All right, right. You, we'll talk to you good soon, Jordan. Everything, and uh, yeah, let's keep in touch. All right, we'll see you, dude. Bye-bye.